Hope all of you are doing well. Tonight we're going to be learning Maseches Yom Adaf Nun Hey, and as well Daf Nun Vav. Don't be overwhelmed because Nun Vav Amidalik is two lines and they're not difficult. Uh, all the Tosfosim have to do with a an outside sugya. If you want to learn Tosfos, feel free to do it on your own time. It's not happening here. So I know it's not total tease, but you think that it's a tease because I learned it. And I know it. I never learned it, so it's not like that's great. We'll be here until uh, November. It's a very long Tosfos. So we're going to start at the very last line of Nun Dalid Amud Beis. Only Brera. But in our Gemara, we're not even discussing Rav Meir. We're going to be discussing Rav Yehuda. So our Gemara opens with a line from our Mishnah. And our Mishnah had said that when the Kohen Gadol, if you remember the details, that the Kohen Gadol went into the Kodesh HaKodashim three times. He went in with the Torres, the, the uh, coals in the right hand and the Torres on the left. And Bein Habadim, he would put down the Torres and light the fire. Then he'd come back out. He'd come, that, come back in with the Dam HaSayir. Then he'd come back out and come back in with the Dam HaPar. So what we're discussing today for the first Amud, for the first blot really, is what the Hazza'a looked like, what the mechanics were, and also what the drashos are that lead us to what we're familiar with in our Yom Kippur Avodah of Achas, Achas Re'achas, Achas Mishtayin. So we know that there was one done upwards and seven downwards. We have to figure out exactly how all of the Psukim uh, interplay. So let's get started at the very bottom of Nundal in the base. The last line, first word on the line, Natal Asadam, Mimi Shevamaris, Bo the Kohen Gadol, would then take the container of blood uh, that someone was stirring in order to, so that the blood wouldn't congeal. And our Mishnah used the language of matzah, Maikim matzah. This is the second time we've seen this sugya before. Um, and the answer is the Gemara, Machbe Rabbi Yehuda, Ke Kimengada, Ke, what is it? Ke Menagdana. And what he showed is it's like a whip, that with a whip, you, you hold the whip high, but the result of the whip is much lower. So what he's saying is that that was the motion of Zrika with the fingertips. That's how it was going. It was it had the, the shape of where Rashi here points this out on the top. You start up by your shoulders, and by the time you're done, it's all the way down. Fine. Top line of when the coin God will do the hazal, when you do the sprinkling. You don't literally put blood on the kapores on top of the oil. Opposite the thickness of literally is how it translates. The point is that it means in front of, and that it's not going to be done literally on there. And as well, when he's doing the first upward throw, says the Gemara, he has the top side of his hand, so his hands are his palm up, right? And he's doing his rika kind of like this. I don't know if he flicks his fingers, that's what the Gemara says here. And then he, his hands are pointing down, and that makes it like we're kind of used to that motion of like, you know, let's say you have blood on your finger and you're Kind of throwing it off your finger like that. So, well, how does it work upwards? I don't know. It's a little hard. The Gemara is not clear. You'd need to be shown him to really uh, chisel out the language of what it would be. Fine. Says the Gemara, how do we know that this is the case? That this is going back to the first line of the page, uh, that when he sprinkled the blood, that it wasn't actually on the kaporas. It says the Gemara, it's a pasuk. Let's read the words just as they are. He would sprinkle it al hakaporis on the kaporis vilifne hakaporis. So, in regards to this seir, lo yomar lemata this seir delotzarich. I don't need this pasuk at all to teach me about lemata, the lower zrikos of the seir delotzarich, because that we already knew about. The gomar mi mata de par, the lower sprinkling that we did with a par, we learned from there back to our case of seir. So, if that's true, then what is the lower case, the the lower zrika lemata b'seir lamane amar? Says the Gemara, a very, very unique type of uh, of understanding of the pasuk. 
to compare the word of al to lifnei in our pasuk. Just look back at the pasuk. So it says the Gemara, how do we compare al and lifnei? Just like the word lifnei does not mean literally on, it means before. Even in this pasuk, when it says al, we're going to compare it to the word lifnei, and it doesn't actually mean on, al. So that's how we learn, says the Gemara, shita number one, or approach number one. That's how the Gemara explains that we know that we weren't actually sp sprinkling the dam onto the kapores, but it was special, unique drasha that Ravacha Bar Yaakov teaches us in the name of Rav Zera, that because there was an extra reference in the Pasuk of this, or the, the low sprinklings, the seven below of the seer, which we did not, because we learned it from the pars, which we later on the page. So therefore, we learn that the word al in our Pasuk really actually means lifnei. So says the Gemara, no, Adirabah. I could have argued in another way. We're going to reject this approach momentarily. But the Gemara says, Adirabah, I could have argued as follows. Lo yomar lemala bepar de lo sarich. Really, we didn't need the lemala bepar, the, the upwards rika of the par. That we didn't need because the gamar mimala de seir, because we learned that from the upwards uh, zrika of a seir, the achas, the first one. So if that's, if that's true in this second approach, or why then do we have the case of Lamala be par, the upward zrika of the par, says the Gemara. Maybe it's a kushe lifne leal to compare where lifne and al, but not in the way that we thought. Maal al mamish, af lifne al mamish. And according to this approach, yes, the blood would actually be on the kapores. It would be bloody, covered in blood year to year. Absolutely, that's what it seems to be. So says the Gemara. Heimlich. No, you just made a very uh, an incorrect assumption. This whole second approach with the adiraba is not correct because. If you want to say that we have, like our first approach, like Rav Achabar Yaakov said, if you want to say that Lamata de Seir, that the lower Zrika Seir is extra, and we're going to use it to teach us that it's really not, the Zrika is not really on the Kapuras, then Lamala Bepar Miboile, then the extra drush of Lamala de Par that we know was used for something else, like the Tanan de Beir of Elazar ben Yaakov. The Tanan de Beir of Elazar ben Yaakov, Al Pneha Kapuras Kedma referencing the Lamal of the Par, the Zrika that was done upwards by the Par, Zeb Bana'av. From there, we learned a Bana'av. This is a reference to a, a, a phrase that we're a little bit more familiar with, which is a Binyan'av. A Binyan'av is when you have one area of Halacha, we learn a Yisod from that one area, and then we flower it out and apply it across the ports. One of the classical uh, Binyan'av is by, um, by the Mitzvah of Tzvillin. The Binyan'av is just like this, is the Mitzvah Saseh Shazman Grama, and therefore women are exempt. So two women are exempt from all mitzvot say shazman grama. So that's how the Gemara has a binyanav. What's the binyanav that's learned here? Says the Gemara, about 12, 15 lines down, quarter of the way down, uh, the, the binyanav is kol makom shenemar penei eno elakadim. So we, we have it used for the pasuk. So if approach number one of Ravacha Bar Yaakov was used, everything still makes sense, everything, every, all the pieces click. However, says the Gemara, ela i'amris lamala de parla akushe, if you say that the extra phrase that we're making a drasha from is lamala depar, and that's what's being used, and really the blood does go on the kapores, so then we're stuck. Lamata de seir lamayasa. Then we have an extra unused drasha that has no uh, no actual use, and therefore, um, as we sometimes say in the Gemara, although the Gemara doesn't say this, it's elamachvarta kiddushanina meikar. We go back to answer number one. So let's summarize. Up until now, we're one third of the way down, two lines before the wide lines in the hamad aleph. And what the Gemara here is going to teach us is that really we know from Ravachabar Yaakov's drasha 
we know that the blood was not actually sprinkled on the kaporest, it was sprinkled before the kaporest, and it's based on a special drasha of how to learn the word al in that pasuk. According to Rabbi Yaakov, the word al is learned as lusnei, based on, again, as we saw earlier, and that is how, uh, that is what the halacha is, and that's that, that's the way Nir Tashem will do this, hopefully, Bukhara, but that's the way that it works on uh, in the base of Mikdash is that we did not sprinkle the blood actually on the kaporis. That brings us to another story. It just brings us to another part of the Gemara where one third of the way down, Tanu Rabbanon, rabbis taught us, the Pasuk we saw, we already learned, we know what the upward zrika was, whether it was the Sayyir, it was Achas, because what did the Pasuk say? Singular. And therefore, we learned that the zrika. remember we said the hand is upward, and you do one zrika upward. Or is it a finger? It's again, hard to know exactly what, what the mechanics are, but we know that there's one upward uh, zrika in regards to the seir. However, says the Gemara, the first long line, lamata b'seir en yodeyakama. However, I don't know how many zrikos downward we're supposed mm -hmm. to do. So we know it's achas up, and we know the answer. So we, we can guess. It's seven down. We know the answer. How did we get to the answer of seven down? It says the Gemara, done. I'm going to make a Kalvachomer. This is all part of a Bryson. So the Gemara is saying, I have a Svara to give. The Gemara is going to give two Svaras, and then we're going to have um, a very critical Hakira to speak out about, uh, almost like how does the Kodesh Baruch Hu want us to think, like very often we probably have heard about in learning Gemara, that one of the things we're trying to do is get a glimpse into the thinking of a Kodesh Baruch Hu. So we'll see today an interesting Hakira of two different styles of thinking, and the Gemara is going to paskin for us which one is the appropriate style of thinking. So Hareini done. When I'm trying to figure out, when I'm trying to figure out how many zrikos there are for the seir, I only know how many zrikos are upwards, but I don't know how many go down. So Hareini done. I'm going to give the following logic: We know that it speaks about the zrikos of zrikos hadam, the lower numbers, like the downward zrikos by the by the par, and also by the uh, by the seir. So maybe we can make a very simple extrapolation. Just like the, the downwards Rikos by the par were seven, let's walk it over the bridge and bring it back to the Seir and say very simply that if it's seven over there, the downward sprinklings in the, by, the, by the par were seven, maybe we can assume the same thing by the Seir. So then says the Gemara, as it often does when it presents, it's teeing up an answer to reject, says the Gemara, maybe I could take you in another direction. What would the other direction be? Well, instead of going from seir to par, we're just going to look within the same animal, seir to seir, but a different type of zrika. And then the Gemara says, maybe we could have argued that maybe we should assume that there's only one up and one down. So then instead the Gemara, this is where we're four lines into the wide lines, halfway, halfway down. So here, here are the two sides of the Hakira. Here's side number one. Here's what we don't know. We don't know how many downwards Ricos there are from, the, from a Seir. There's two possible directions to learn from. We could learn from another animal that has downwards Ricos, which is the par. And just like that one has seven, so two Seir should have seven. Right? We're comparing animal to animal of the same Zrika. Or, and here is the variation of thinking, oh, maybe the Gemara says, maybe we shouldn't be looking at another animal. Maybe we should be comparing a different type of Zrika within the same animals. Either the two styles of thinking. So style of thinking, number one, is, well, they're both Lamata. They're both downward Zrika. So because they're both downward, I want to compare something that's another downward Zrika. So I have to leave my animal here. I, don't, I, can't, I can't learn from Seir. I have, don't have the information. I'll go to par. 
So we're comparing lamata to lamata, good, but in different animals. Or do we say, no, no, you don't go to par, stay in the same animal. And therefore, just like the upper zrika is only one, the lower zrika should also only be one. So that's what the Gemara says. And we don't know which one's right. Nira lemidome, four lines into the wide lines, halfway down. Last words on the line there. Nira lemidome, we don't know which one's right. There's two approaches. Dunen mata mimata. Do we say that we need to look at the zrikos, the similar style of zrikos, in that they're both lower zrikos, they're both downward zrikos? But the ain dunen mata mimata. But you can't stay within a seir and say the lamata zrika is similar to the lamala zrika. That's that's not a good comparison. Or do we say adarava no? Dunen gufo mi gufo. We should stay within one one type of animal, just within a seir. The ain dunen gufo me alman. You shouldn't extrapolate. From the world of Seir to the world of Par. That's a, that's the Chakira that we're looking at. So says the Gemara, we're going to answer this question. What type of thinking is, is the better type of thinking? To look at the style of Zrika or to stay within the same animal? So answers the Gemara, Talmud Lomar, we should make its blood just like we make the blood of the par, the par. We should make the blood of the Seir just like we do the Par. We really technically don't even need this language because the next Pasuk explicitly indicates that one would have to do this rikos. So if that's the case, what then do we learn from the words kasher asa when comparing seir to par? Says the Gemara, that all of the zrikos from one animal should be similar to the other. Period. That's what the Gemara concludes. So we looked at two different approaches in trying to figure out how many uh, downward zrikos there were by a seir. And we concluded that we're going to look at a similar type of zrika in another animal in a par. And just like over there by the par, there were seven downward zrikos. So to over here by the seer, we're going to learn out that way. Now, had we learned the other way, had we said, we're not going to go look at another animal. We're just going to stay internal in the seer and look at the other type of zrika. We would have said there's only one. That's not how so that's not how we possibly. So that's how the Gemara gets to, gets to this stage here. And then we have a, a, a very similar style question. We said, we saw the drasha based on the Pasuk of Asastamo. So we saw that there are seven lower zrikos, uh, both the seven downward zrikos, both for par and for seir. However, the one number, which is not clear in Chumash, and it's not, we have yet to see a drasha on it, we're going to see one now, but the Gemara asks a question. The one thing we don't know at this point is lamala bipar in Iodea Kama. I don't know how many upwards zrikos there are by a par. So we had four pieces of information that we needed. How many upwards zrikos are there by a seir? How many lower zrikos are there by a seir? How many upper by par? How many lower? So we answered everything by, by a seir. Up one, achas, and then sheva. And by par, we know that it's sheva downwards, but what we don't know is the upwards ones. It says the Gemara, behar reini done. Again, all of this is, uh, this is all within a brysa. This is not regular banter. Uh, this is not the Amorayim, like, clearing. This is the, this is not Mamash of Brysa trying to figure this out. So the Harini done, says the, says the Brysa, maybe I could make the following logic. Maybe I should say, Maybe I should say that if I've already learned from the camp, if I've already learned from the world of Seir and Par from one to the other, and the information that I'm missing by par is how many upwards zrikos there are. So maybe I should say that just like by my friend the seir, we have one upwards zrika. We should say the same exact thing that there's one upwards zrika here as well by par. That would have been a very simple thing to say. Says the Gemara. Oh, kalach Maybe I could take you a circuitous route. Let's see if we can try to take a different approach here. The Gemara is going to reject this. 
has uh, exclusively been that approach of I'm going to share something with you that we're going to reject. It says the Gemara, maybe we can try this. Maybe we should say, maybe instead of comparing animal to animal from Seir to Par, maybe we should only discuss within the Par itself the different types of Zrikos. And we know, we know the number of Zrikos that are downwards, which is seven. So it says the Gemara, maybe we should assume that Malamata Par Sheva, Aflamala Bipar Sheva. So that maybe we should assume that there's seven up and seven down. Same exact Chakira as the first part of our Gemara when we were trying to figure out how many downwards Zrikos there were for a Seir. Do we look within other animals? Is the common theme going to be the style the direction in which we do the Zrikos, which is downward, so downward and Seir, we'll compare to downward and Par, or do we say, no, stay within the one camp of, of Seir or within the camp of Par and say, well, the upper, upper one is one Zrika, so the lower one should be one as well, or the lower one is seven, so the upper one should be seven. So which one do we do, says the Gemara, as we saw before, same exact language, same exact drasha, and same exact conclusion, says the Gemara, near Limidome, we're two thirds of the way down, about 20 lines up from the bottom of the page, a little bit less, 15 lines up from the bottom of the page, Let's see which one of these two approaches are right. There's two different ways to look at this. Do we say done in Maila mi Maila? We look at the style in which the Zrika is done, both upwards, and we're going to learn from Seir to Par, but they ain't done in Maila mi Mata, but we don't look within the Par and say that you're going to learn the Maila, the upwards Zrikos, from the number of lower Zrikos, downwards Zrikos. Or do we say, no, that's not correct. That done in Gufo mi Gufo, ain't done in Gufo Balma. Maybe we talk should stay within the same animal. We should look at the par. And just like there were seven Zrikos downwards, so too they should do seven Zrikos upwards. It says the Gemara, Talmud Omar, because of that, we have a drasha. It's the same pasuk as we saw before. to make the blood the same way. So those words are extra because there's another pasuk that teaches us about the Zrikos. However, so what do we learn from those words? Says the Gemara, that all of the Zrikos of the Seir and the Par in the Kodesh HaKodesh, by the Kohen Gadol and Yom Kippur, need to be identical in two ways. Just like there are seven downwards Zrikos by Par, there are seven downwards Zrikos by the Seir. And as well, that brings us to the end of sugya number one for today. So in short, um, the basic conclusion is like we all probably were already familiar with that both the Seir and the Par, when the Kohen Gadol is doing the Zrikos, so he will do those Zrikos one up, seven down. And we're going to discuss some of the nuances there right now, but uh, uh, in regards to like how the actual counting took place, but that is how the Gemara makes its structures. Yes. It doesn't say how many. It doesn't say seven up. It doesn't. No. No, but that's only by the, that's only by one of the animals. It doesn't say it by the other. So therefore, we make a drasha from one to the other. We have the we have we have the it's, it's, there there are wires that are connecting the world of seir and the world of par. So what you just quoted is from the world of par. So we, that's why we said we had to make the Hireni done. I have to figure it out. But the Pusik's not clear by both sides. It's only clear by one of the animals. So when the Pusik by Seir is lacking the word Sheva, so then we had to learn it from the word Par. And Par is lacking how many are upwards. So we learn it from the, so that's basically, you're, you're, you're just learning back and forth from one another. That's basically what's happening. Yeah. But the Torah does not say um, how many times you do, how many Zrikos are downward for Seir. And the Torah does not say how many Zrikos are upward for par. That's what the whole point of this Gemara was, is to figure out 
we know the numbers exist somewhere, but they're not matched. They're not, it's like, yeah, it's like, it's like two, two missing numbers in the puzzle. It's like a Sudoku puzzle. Like, okay, now that, okay, now I got it. Okay, par and seer. Okay, we're going to put in the right number. So it's one and seven and one and seven. So that, so then the Gemara, we're three fourths of the way down to the two dots. This uh, is already much easier. The Gemara there in our Mishnah quoted, achas, achas, viachas, achas, vishtaim. Why do we count this way? I, I hope we've all asked this question at some point. Of why do we? Why do we uh, count this way? And the Gemara today will give us a very clear answer. Tanu Rabban and the rabbi sought us a machlokas in how to count. We'll see it's actually not a machlokas in halachic terms. It's just a machlokas in style of counting. But we're going to get down to the very bottom of, of what this conversation is about. So it says the Gemara, Tanu Rabban and Achas, Achas ve'achas, Achas v'shtayim, Achas v'shalosh, Achas ve'arba, Achas v'chomesh, Achas v'shesh, Achas v'shavu devi rabmei. So that's how we count. That's how we count in our avoda when we read the Machzor on Yom Kippur. However, if Yehuda counted a little differently, differently, if Yehuda Omer Achas, Achas Achas, doing good so far, and then he inverts it: Stein Achas, Shalosh Achas, Arba Achas, Chamesh Achas, Sheish Achas, Sheva Achas. So according to Rav Meir, we do one, one two, one three, one, one one, one two, one three, and here he's saying one. One one two one three one four one five one. So the counting is is just a little bit inverted. So it says the Gemara velo pligi. Really, there's no difference between them. Marki asre umarki asre. Now the base of Mikdash wasn't in different places. It was only in one place. It just meant this is the way that they actually davened. That when they were when the Chazan was up there, he would say one would. They would just had different styles of counting. Obviously, our Matsorim pick, picked up on the minhag of. Uh, the location of Reb Meir that we do achas, achas, viachas, achas, vishtayim, v'chul. So it says the Gemara, the Kuleyama Mihats, everyone, however, seems to agree, both according to the Shita of Reb Meir and Reb Yehuda, even though their stylistics of counting are a little bit different. So it says the Gemara, the Kuleyama Mihats, that we need to first count the one upward, and then we always continue with that, that one in all of the other counts. Achas is the up, up, upwards one. And then we say, Achas Achas. We did the one already, and here's the one that's below. Achas Ushtayim. We did the one up. We, you're not doing another one up. It's only one up. So it's Achas. But why do we keep saying the word Achas over and over again? So it says the Gemara, why is that? My time, why do we do this weird form of counting? Just You want to count upwards, just say one. And then start counting again. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. One up, seven down. Why are we counting in such a strange way? So that's a machlokas in the Amorim, two shitas. Says the Gemara, my time, seven lines from the bottom, Rabbi Lazar Omar, because we're afraid that a person could make a mistake in counting. Very simple. One, and then instead of counting again, he does his one up, and instead of restarting his, starting his count when he does the ones down, he says two, and they end up only doing six of those hazos down, and that's not kosher. That's, that's, that you have to make sure that you knock off all of those, uh, all of those rikos hadat. So therefore, says the Gemara, we were concerned. This seems to be a rabbinic concern in nature. It doesn't seem to be le'ikuba, and that we'll see shortly that that's the case. And Rav Yochanan says, this is not rabbinic at all. Really, what we're talking about is a din doraisa. Rav Yochanan Omar, Omar that one is obligated before the kaporas to be yazeh. Shein tamod Omar, yazeh. We already have another pasuk that says, so why here does the Torah say yazeh again? So we have to count in this very specific way. So it says the Gemara, we have these two answers. Rabbi Lazar says it's a concern that you, you may count wrong. And uh, Rabbi Yochanan says it's a dindo rice. My Nahu says the Gemara, that you didn't count, uh, you didn't add in the word achas, but you also didn't make a mistake. 
So according to the sheet of Rebbe Lazar, your whole concern was whether or not you ended up doing the right number. If you ended up doing the right number, you ended up, so your accounting is secondary. But according to Rabbi Yochanan, that's not true. Even if you did the right number of zrigos, but you didn't count right, the drasha of yazem means you need to be able to count in that specific way. So one is more formulaic. That's Rabbi Yochanan. It's a formula. That's how you have to count. Ma'ajenkin, the sheets of Rebbe Lazar, is that it's just a rabbinic concern. And that would be the difference between them. So now the next time somebody asks you, why do we count so strange? The short answer is that uh, we want to make sure that you count the right number. Okay, is it Le'ikuva or not? That's the machlokes in the Amorah. Okay, new sugev. Says the Gemara uh, that we, we said that when, uh, when the Kohen Gadol would come out with one of the bloods, he'd go back and take the second blood. And then we were discussing in the Mishnah how many golden tables were there in this section of the Heichel. So says the Gemara, we saw two shitas. The, uh, the Mishnah quoted here says, And Rabbi Huda was of the opinion that there was only one kan, there was only one table and not two. It's not. We have a Mishnah that writes, um, it's not Hasam. Rabbi Huda Omer, we learned this in Masech Shkalim. Lo hayu shofros chova We're going to analyze this line for the next uh, for the next plot. So the, this line of Rav Yochanan of Rav Yehudik of the opinion that while there were many different collection pots in the Beis Hamikdash and they were referred to as shofaros because they were narrower at the top and wider at the bottom and prevented people from uh, trying to pickpocket the Beis Hamikdash. So says the Gemara, there was never one for kine chova. Uh, why not? What was Rabbi Yehuda concerned about? Why is it that he said that these shofaros, that there was no shofar for Kini Chova? So it says the Gemara, What we were concerned about is mixing up the monies for a, a Kini Chova and Kini Nadava. Now that's not stunned. That's because Kine Chova is both a Chatas and an Ola, but Kine and Adava are all Olas. And if you mix up those two animals, you're in big trouble. Then it's all the Sreifa. You have to burn up all the animals. So therefore, says the Gemara, in the name of uh, Rav Yosef, explaining Rav Yehuda, the reason there was no shofar, the reason why there was no shofar for Kine Chova was because we were afraid that it was going to get mixed up with voluntary offerings. Amar Le'abai, I don't understand. So we'll just... Take a piece of paper. My kids did a little lemonade stand today. They put a piece of paper on there that said $1 for a cup. It's the best business model ever. I pay for the lemonade and they get all of the proceeds. That's the best business model that a has ever come up with. But just put a sign there. So it says the Gemara, Abai says, Amar Abai, Amar Abai, if you have a tray, why can't you have two? You have two shofaros. One of them says Chova, and one of them says, um, people are, you can read, we're a very literate people. What's the problem? It's very strange. Why is it that Rav Yehuda would not entertain the possibility of just writing on the box, this one is for X and that one is for Y? Go look on the Bima by Purim. You can decide what it is that you want to that you want to give to. So says the Gemara, last two words on Nunheim and Aleph, Rabbi Yehuda, turning to the top of Nunheim and base, Rabbi Yehuda, less like Siva. No, Rabbi Yehuda, he won't rely on Siva. He won't rely on the fact that there's a sign there that says this one's for Nadava and this one is for Chova. Where do we learn this from? Says the Gemara, a brilliant Marimakom, our Mishnah. What did our Mishnah say? There can't be two tables outside of the Kodesh. Says the Gemara, it's not. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, lo hayasham elakan echad bilvat. Says the Gemara, train my time alone. Why couldn't it be that there were two tables? Because you'll make a mistake. Why would you make a mistake? There can be two tables. Right, right. there's two tables. One of them says, please put the blood of the par here. The other one says, please put the blood of the... It's so, it's so easy. 
So says the Gemara, no. less like Siva. He does not rely on the writing. It's going to be an overwhelming day for the coin. And uh, if you look at the top Rashi, he gives this away as well. The top Rashi on the page says, less like Siva. The coin Gadol, things are moving in such quick succession. He's exhausted. It's a lot of schlepping. He's not allowed to have anybody help him. It's just very busy. And the fact that one table says this blood of the par goes here and the blood of the seir goes here, it's not a reliable. That's not, that's not good enough. So then says the Gemara, six lines down, five lines down, hold on one second. That's not true, Rabbi Huda, because we know that you allow for writing. Where did we see that Rabbi Huda allowed for writing? We learned as well in Maseches Shkalem. We know that there were 13 shofaros, not shofaros in like Tzkiah, but shofaros, and as mentioned, the narrow at the top, widening at the bottom, tzedakah cans, and it was written on them, one of them said it's for the new coins, for the machtis ha-shekel, we'll see what all of these things are, the kinen for birds, for wood, for frankincense, so what were all of these? So the Mishnah there articulated and quoted here again, almost halfway down on Unheim and Beis to Kalim Chada, Tenei Shkalim Shel Kol Shana This was when people had the mitzvah Machtit HaShekel. To Kalim Atikin, what about the old ones? That's for people who were in arrears. They forgot to pay last year. So you have to pay 2021. You have to pay for 2020 if you forgot to pay. This is a certain type of bird. They were doves. A certain type of pigeons. How do we know that this Mishnah is Rabbi Yehuda? doesn't say that it's Rabbi Huda, but it does say that Kulan Olos. What did we say about Rabbi Huda's first comment when we started? We said that there were no Kine Chova. What are Kine Chova? Chatas and Ola. If all of these animals are Olos, that means we're talking about the sheet of Rabbi Huda. And if we're talking about the sheet of Rabbi Huda, then this Mishnah shows us that writing is allowed, that we do rely on writing. So then says the Gemara, Ki Rabdini, then he has to now explain. Why then did Rabbi Yehuda not want to have a shofar for the sake of kine chatas, for kine, uh, for kine ch- uh, chova? What was he concerned about? So Amri, but Ma'arava, a little more than halfway down, What we were concerned about, says the Gemara in this first version of, uh, of this answer, is that the reason why Rabbi Yehuda did not have a, a container for kine chova was because we were afraid that someone would have sent money from far away and maybe the Bailam would have died and a uh, chatas mesa is a problem. Chatas shemesu that you cannot bring that korban and it messes up all the money. But he sent it in coin form. So he sent in his four shkalim, four zoos, and whatever it was for the birds. And then it got mixed into the pile of kinechova. And then the guy died wherever he lives. So that messes up the whole pile. Says the Gemara, Michai Shina, we're not concerned about some guy randomly dying out of the blue. You got to have some context. That we are not concerned about people just dying out of the blue. So says the Gemara, no. The reason why Rabbi Yehuda didn't allow for, um, for a container to collect for Kine uh, Chova is because we knew that someone died. Okay, so then if you knew the person died, take his coins out. V'nivror arba if you know he died, so each bird is two is two zoos. So he, he gave for Akine Chova two birds, four zoos. Take four zoos out. Throw him into the Yam HaMelech. Everything's going to be fine. So says the Gemara, you can't do that. Why? Because Rabbi Huda was of the opinion, Rabbi Huda, less lebrera. I think this is our fourth time seeing this. So again, maybe five. We've seen it a bunch of times. A brera, of course, is a, not of course, 
nothing, of course, about Brera. Brera is where we retroactively look at monies and determine what they were. It's not only about money, but in this case, it's about money. So what we're doing is we're pulling out four coins and saying, we know that that person died. Take out these four coins. How do you know these are his four coins? So Yehuda says, you can't look backwards in time and say, we get to decide which coins belong. No, we don't get to do that. So there, the, that's what Rabbi Yehuda does. Rabbi Yehuda does less lebrera. So the case that we're talking about is where we know that the person died and therefore it ruins everything else because less lebrera. Therefore, Rabbi Yehuda was of the opinion that you are not allowed to collect money for kine choba. Okay? Says the Gemara Minallah. How do we know that Rabbi Yehuda did not hold of brera? If you want to say it's mehadetz non from the following Mishnah, the following Mishnah is in Maseches Gittin, and it writes as follows. A person takes wine from Kusim, from people who are not trustworthy to, to tithe. And it's so close to Shabbos Mamish that you don't have time to fix anything. So what do you do? You have no time to do any Misa, but you can say the following line. Omer, you can stand up the Omer and say, I can say, I'm going to drink now. I'll leave over a little bit for later, and all will be fine. So says the Gemara, how did it play out? Asara, let's assume the barrel had 100. Asara, the 10% there is my Sarisha. What's left? 100 minus 10. You give up my Sarisha, and there's 90 left. What's 10% of that? Nine. So that's Tisha, my Sarshani. So Reb Meir had no problem with, with Brera. Reb Meir said, great, drink up. That's great. There's no reason why you can't drink up. Whatever's left over, you'll give over as the appropriate tithe, but nothing to worry about. But as we turn to the top of Nunvavamid Bays, so then we see Rabbi Yehuda's opinion. What does that therefore seem? It seems to be Alma Ein Brera. Is this Rabbi Yehuda's Mari Makom? Is this the Mari Makom of Rabbi Yehuda to say that Leslie Brera? It seems that way because the only way he would be able to drink this wine is if he would tithe in the future. Because he can't make the Maisa right now, but he has Kiddush tonight. Kiddush is a Din Doraisa. The wine is not a Din Doraisa. That's probably a Din Doraban. And we know that Baharaya from Yom Kippur. And Yom Kippur, we say by Hulu with Kavana to be Yotze, Kiddush on Friday night. But the wine is not Lee Kuba. We don't make Kiddush on Friday, on Friday night, which also happens to be Yom Kippur on a cup of wine. Nothing, nothing at all. Fine. So it says the Gemara, maybe we should learn from here that Rabbi Yehuda was of the opinion of, of that there's no braider because he forbade one to tithe in the future. That sounds like to be the case. Says, go on, no, me mind. Maybe, maybe from here you cannot learn that. Says the Gemara, Dilma shiny hasam. Maybe that case of the wine is different, because we have a Brisa that continues to discuss this. Amrulola Reb Meir, Reb Meir, who allowed for the future tithing, he allowed for Brera. So says the Gemara, Amrulola, they argued to him, let's say you drank all of the wine. Right? You drink most of the wine. You set aside a little bit for your tithe. And then you baka hanod. Then the jug holding the, the barrel cracks open. And now you can't give the tithe that you wanted to give because it's the It all got ruined. So then retroactively, you ate tevel. You drank wine that was tevel. That's an Isra Doraisa. So it says the Gemara, Shema Yibaka Hanod, Shosa If you drank the perfect amount that you were supposed to drink, and you set aside everything for tithe. It's perfect. And then someone shoots an arrow through the bottom of the barrel and the whole thing is gone. You drank Tevel. So says the Gemara, Ba'amar Lahem, Rav Meir was of the opinion that what? Okay, we're not in the VM. We don't have to assume such bad things will happen. Everything's fine. Good. So then what do we see from here? Maybe the reason why Rabbi Yehuda was Oser isn't because of Brera. 
Maybe the reason why Rabbi Huda did not allow for the future tithing in this Mishnah, where he just got the wine right before Shabbos, is because of a practical concern that if the barrel breaks and everything drains out, you just drank Tevel. It has nothing to do with Breira at all. So says the Gemara, you're right. That's not the Mari Mokom. That's not the source from which we know that Rabbi Huda holds Breira. Ella says the Gemara, Midatani Ayo. Ayo was a Tana, and he quoted the following. The Tani Ayo, Ayo quotes Rabbi Huda directly. Rabbi Huda Omer. And we saw this in Maseches Erevin. Ain of the two hardest Masechas that we've learned all here in one page. It's fine. It says, says this one's not hard. It says the Gemara, Ain Adam Masna Al You're not allowed to use an Eruv, a double, you, you can't use the, a double condition on an Eruv. You have one to the east and one to the west. I want them both to work. You cannot do that. We know that when we when we utilize an Eruv, it only gives us an additional 2,000 Amos from our Makam Shvisa. But if you have one to the east, then you cannot have one to the west. And if you have one to the west, you cannot have one to the east. So says the Gemara, the Tani Ayar of Yehuda Omer, Ain Adam Masna Al Shnei Dvarim Keechad, Ela Im Bachacham LeMizrach Eruv LeMizrach LeMayra VeEruv LeMayra. About Lakanu Lakanlo, that if you are waiting on a Chacham, you're waiting on a Rav, and the Rav shows up in the east, great, you go run to the east, spend time with him. Now the Eruv to the west is Batel, you're not allowed to use it. And if he shows up in the west, great, perfect, that's great, use the one in the west, but you can't use the one in the east. But if two Rabbeim come east and West at the same time? Absolutely not. You're not allowed to do that. You just abuse the system and it's not allowed. The Havinan, but when we analyze it, really, the Gemara has such a great question, third of the way down. Why is it that we say that when it's east and west side, that you're trying to, to burn the system, you're trying to, to abuse the system, we say, no, 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 because it ain't Brera. You can't, you, you can't, we don't know what's going to happen. You can't just choose like randomly. They don't both work. So the same should be true. We, you're still, you still don't know when you make the error of what the future is going to hold. So says the Gemara, a crazy response. You're right. You're absolutely right. This Mishnah is not talking about an unknown of when the rub is coming. The rub's in town. You don't know. That's not Brera. I don't know if he came from the east or from the west, but he's already there. So somebody tells me the Rav got to the left side, the west side of the city an hour before Shkia So I'll go to the east. Where? I'll go to wherever he is. So that's not Brera. But this answer of Rav Yochanan shows us that Rav Yehuda wouldn't tolerate Brera. Because if he could tolerate Brera, we wouldn't need the Rav to show up before Shabbos. So this is a good Mari Makom, says the Gemara, for the Shita of Rabbi Yehuda, who holds that there is no Brera. And then the Gemara says, now that we know, now that we know the following two things, the Rabbi Yehuda ain't Brera. Now that we know, based on this Gemara that we just saw from Erevin, that he doesn't hold of Brera. And we also know, as we saw earlier, that he does rely on writing against the sheet of Rabbi Yosef that we started with earlier today. So then I don't understand. Yom HaKippurim Nami, Navi Trey, on Yom Kippur too. Take both of the tables. On one of them, write uh, one of them write the blood for the par, and on one of them write the blood for the seir. Why are we not doing that? If Rabbi Yehuda does allow, we saw about the tiklin chadatin, right? Tiklin chadatin, tiklin atikin, this, that, all the other ones, nedava, great. But if he relies on that and he doesn't know the brayra, then he should be able. To, we should be able to use these tables, and there should be two tables and not one. Says the Gemara, nope. We don't rely on the Kohen Gadol. I rely on Ksiva in general, says Rabbi Yehuda, but not on Yom Kippur. He's going to be totally overwhelmed. It's a crazy day. His kavanas have to be perfect. Otherwise, he dies. He's got a lot going on. He's going to read a little sticker that says, please put the blood of the Seir here. No, only one table. 
if you don't say this, that we're concerned about Chulsh of the Kohen Gadol, then one is larger than the other. So we should be able to tell the difference between the tables or between the jugs, whatever it is. There's a lot of, a lot of blood for the par and not so much blood for the seir. Maybe you'll say, no, he didn't take all of the blood. Maybe he only took some of the blood, so the amounts of blood looked the same. That's not allowed. Halfway down, when Vav Amud Beis Ve'Amar of Yehuda Hashochet Tzarech Sheikavel is called Damo Shel Par Shenamar Ve'Es called Dam Dam Hapar Yishpocha Yisadam Mizbech. It has to be the full amount of blood. So there's no shaila that when you look at the volume of blood, the Dam Hashchita of a par, which is triple, maybe more, quadruple the size of a goat, the blood is so much more. He's not going to make a mistake. So it says the Gemara, and maybe another possibility, maybe some spilled out, and now it looks like the same amount, but the blood coloring is different. It says the Gemara, the blood of the Seir is a lighter color red, but the blood of the, of the, of the par is a darker, this is a darker color red. No matter what, he should be able to tell the difference between the two tables. Elamishuma must therefore be chul the coin gadol lava daite. It must be that in this case that he is uh, that we are concerned about the coin gadol, and therefore alchanami mishum chul the coin gadol lava daite. That's why we don't allow for two tables. Just one quick story. With this, we'll end. Hahu denachis kamei de Rava. There was a person who uh, who was in front of Rava. The Mephorshim explained that he was davening for the Amud on Yom Kippur, and when he was davening, he said something strange during the avod of the korban. And let's see if you, you can pick up on the language here. Amar, he said contradictory terms. Number one, he said, implying, of course, not implying, it's explicit that there are two tables. And then he said, first he picked up the blood of the par, and then So that implies that you're mixing shitas, because on the one hand, you said there are two tables, but then you use the language of the shita that said you first have to pick up the blood of the par and then put down the blood of the seer. There's only, a ta- only one table. So that's the contradiction. So Rava called him out. The first part of your sentence that there are two tables, that's like the Rabbanan who say that there are two tables, that's our mitzvah. And the second line that you said, you have to pick up the blood of the par first in order to put down the blood of the seir, that implies like the shita of Rabbi Huda. Therefore, he said that since we hold like the Rabbanan, you as the chazin should say something a little different. Ema, he first put down the blood of the seir on its own table. And that is the sheet of the Rabban, and that's how we pass it. So in short, uh, to summarize what we've learned, we've learned that there is a, um, one zrika up, seven down for Seir, one zrika up and seven down for, uh, for a par. We learned that Rabbi Yehuda doesn't hold a Brera. Uh, we learned that you are technically speaking allowed to have signs written there that say this one's for X and that one's for Y, but not on Yom Kippur. And uh, last but not least, we paskin like the Rabbanon that there seem to have been two tables outside of the Kodesh HaKodesh. And we'll stop right here at the Hizami Menuala Parochas. This Thursday, I will not be available for a live shear. I'll pre-record in the middle of the day and post. Okay, have a beautiful night.